All right, well, we are back to our study in the book of Ephesians through a month of lunches. This is lesson 15. So yesterday we were going to pick up right where we stopped at yesterday in verse 11 of uh, chapter 4. We were talking about the gifts that God gave, which is to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And the fact that their responsibility in verse 12 is to equip God's people to do His work. So that's the first pri uh, priority. And that word equip is, is actually means to mend nets for restoration to service. So sometimes the people coming in, usually the people coming into the church, come in in rough shape. And so they are used by God to kind of mend the areas of their life that need to be strengthened and prepare them to go out and, like Jesus told the disciples, and become fishers of men themselves. Uh, the church is God's representation on this planet, and they need to be light bearers. And so they are prepared to go out into a dark world by coming in unity with other believers and having a scriptural, loving, caring, biblical authority over them to help prepare them to have ministry and impact in their lives for, for Jesus. So this is uh, God's people are responsible for doing God's work. And I'll tell you this too, even ministers who are behind the pulpits and doing that, God will still send them out and be able to reach people. You know, ministers have their own nets that they go out into the world and try to reach people. Uh, we always have divine assignments. And... So as the ministry is done outside the church, they also come back in and the job is of the ministry, fivefold ministry, is to also build the church up, to strengthen them. Uh, and it goes through um, strengthening them by giving them sound teaching, wise counsel, and uh, really calling sin, sin, calling truth, truth, and speaking that truth in love. Um, we'll get more on that in a little while here. But there, uh, verse 13 says, This will continue. What will continue? The equipping of the saints, the ministry by the saints, and the building up of his church and strengthening of his church is going to continue. Verse 13, This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son. This calls back to what he was praying for the Ephesians in chapter 1, chapter 3. It says, um, we come into such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So building and strengthening the church should be visible uh, and also unity in the faith should be visible. God has given cer certain church bodies, yes, the individuals have assignments, but churches have assignments to their communities. Churches have assignments to different things. And you'll see some churches that have giftings in areas that other churches don't. Regardless of where you're at and what God's given you, our goal and our job is to be faithful because we're stewards over them. Uh, but it says we're building and strengthening. Again, this should be something you see. Maturity is something you see over time. Um, our walk should be more mature at, with time. If uh, you look at someone who is walking with God 
and you don't see them for a year, they should be closer to God than they were the last time you saw them. And notice that it is not our standard or someone else's standard that we're measured by. It is God's standard. So the goal is to get closer and closer to God as we live for God, united in God and united with each other. And it's easy to take out our own measuring tapes and start measuring stuff and, and start saying, well, yeah, I may be bad, but I'm not as bad as them. That's not our measurement. Our measurement is Jesus. And so when we see that we come short, we don't try to make excuses. We don't try to uh, do it in our own strength. We just uh, admit it to God, ask him to change us. God does the changing. We don't change ourselves. That's impossible. So that being said, the, the being under godly leadership and being around godly Christians is very vital to that maturity and to that growth and to that getting free and being able to line up with God's standard and getting closer and closer to God. Uh, Lone Ranger Christians that think they don't need anybody and they're, they're, they're almost always feeble Christians. Matter of fact, I don't know, I can't have any example that I can think of in the modern era and time where that's not the case. I see a lot of people who are, um, it's like they are a body of one. They have special revelation. This is what it means. And, if, and they're, they're very rigid. They're very religious. They're very uncompromising about certain things. It's like Jesus talking about uh, straining, straining a gnat but swallowing a camel, it seems like. They're just... They're going and, and they're just focused on the minutia of all these little details and there's no joy, there's no love, there's no fruit in their life. Um, and without feeling like I, I'm not trying to attack or alienate people, I'm not talking about the people who can't go out and be around people, people who are at home, people who uh, life has, has dealt twists and turns where that's their situation. I'm talking about people who can, who, who deliberately separate themselves from the rest of the body of Christ because they think that they're all basically lost, dying, going to hell. And that's that's one of those things where um, I call them lone ranger Christians. They Their walk is feeble over time. And uh, those are people that we don't need to challenge. We need to pray for them uh, unless God's told us to challenge them on certain things because uh, it's going to take God reaching them. And we need to speak that truth and love. Uh, verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. So again, it's still talking about bringing up maturity. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. And that is Satan. He, he likes to put some truth in every lie. Uh, maturity brings stability, plain and simple. As we grow and as we listen and as we obey and as we stay in unity and follow and pursue God's peace, we have a maturity and a stability that can't be replicated uh, with any other means. And so, you know, we think about the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and we, you think, oh, the enemy's coming, we're slicing and dicing. Sometimes we're, there's not an enemy coming at us as much as there's a storm and we're on a rock cleft and we need to take that same sword and drive it into the rock and tie ourselves to it, bind ourselves to that word and hold on while the storm passes and keep anchored to the word and anchored to the rock. 
that's maturity too. Um, spiritual discernment comes through maturity. Uh, Hebrews 5.14 is, is a verse that I really, it's really one that God's had echo in my heart for years and years, but it's, it's solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So essentially, it's the Christians who walk in love, walk in truth, respond to the Holy Spirit's promptings by acting in faith, accessing God's grace for change, and they just keep growing and they, keep, uh, they stay in unity. They listen to the authority God's put over them. Uh, that is godly biblical authority. There's plenty of phony authority that's abusive. Uh, I'm talking, we know when we're in a, a church that God's put his name on for our lives. Um, this is solid food, builds them up. And we know as we get mature, it's, it's just like in the real world, if you let the kid who's just learned how to crawl, you know, six month, eight month old, and they're crawling around, what are you watching for? You've got to watch because whatever they find is going straight into their mouth. So that happens for the first couple of years of their life. We've got to be really careful about what they're putting in their mouths. Then they get a little older and they're like five, six, seven, eight. You know, if you give them a choice, what are they going to do? Uh, nothing but sugar all day. You know, I want a marshmallow cream sandwich, right? Uh, maturity comes in time when we realize that that what it's really important to be careful what we put in inside of us, and that's spiritual maturity as well. Um, we aren't toddlers anymore. Verse fifteen, uh, it says. And uh, this is um, verse 15 in uh, Ephesians. We're not in Hebrews anymore. That's very <laughs> confusing. I was on Hebrews 5.14. This is Ephesians 4.15. So it says, instead, speak. we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ who is the head of his body, the church. So truth and love need each other for balance. Uh, if we're not careful, we can use truth like a hammer and just destroy people with it. Um, the love of God softens the blow. There's, there's an old saying that I liked, and, and uh, even though it may not be literal, it gives us the right spirit that God has, is, is that you should never tell somebody they're going to hell unless you have tears in your eyes. In other words, you're speaking the truth because of your compassionate love for them and God's compassion and love for them coming through you. Not, you're wrong, hammer time. You know, it's, it's, it's truth and love balanced together. Uh, there's an old saying also that, you know, that applies to sinners is people don't care what you know until they know you care. Do you have that person's best interest at heart. And by their best interest, it's God's best interest for them. We live in a culture and society where we don't want to offend anybody or tell somebody, God forbid, we tell anybody they're wrong. You know, everybody will tell you, I know my truth. Well, there isn't your truth or my truth. There is the truth, which is God's truth. And truth and love seeks the well-being of the recipient, even if the recipient doesn't think that at the time. And so we have to risk offense at times, 
as long as we have the love of God in our heart, that penetrates and goes past the hardest of hearts. And we may never know it. We may never see the fruit of that. It may be that we spoke the truth in love and 20 years later somebody gets saved because God works on through different people through time and lifetime to reach that person and they finally break through. Oop. Sorry, I'm going to fix that. Let's try that again. There we go. Getting too happy and flinging my arms over the place. All right. So instead, we'll speak the truth in love, uh, growing in, in uh, every way. I like this. Every way more and more like Christ. That means that there's not an area of our life that's going to be off limits as we speak the truth in love. We can't do that unless we have the truth in us, which is God's word. We can't do that unless we spend time with love, which God is love. That means we're spending time in prayer. We're spending time in the word. We're spending time fellowshipping with God, loving on God, and that changes us. And so when that happens, that truth and love just flows out of us. And it says that we become more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Then verse 16, he makes the whole body, who is he? Jesus. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So that we're still on that same subject of the fivefold ministry. He's moved to say, hey, it's not the fivefold ministry only that fits in this body. Every part fits in this body. Each part does its own special work, not just apostles and prophets and evangelists and preachers and teachers. Um, each part has its own special work. Each part helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So I think that uh, to unpack that, we'll start fresh tomorrow, okay? So we'll call it a day and I'll see you tomorrow.